Hi, Paul. Hi, Janina. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, welcome yourself. Thank you. And welcome listeners. <laughs> welcome everyone listening. <laughs> nice to see you, Paul. It's been a while. Yeah. And welcome to anyone that's not listening that would care to join us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We we love all our listeners out there. We do. We're very grateful for each and every one of you who is uh, keeping on track of this 5G yep. journey together with us. Right, and Paul? Are, uh, correct. And you are listening to The Voice of 5G. The Voice of 5G. That's us. For all things uh, 5G. <laughs> Some, and, and with quite a lot of focus on uh, Ericsson's 5G, Paul, because we are working for the the global net mobile network company, uh, Ericsson. Ericsson. Yeah, yeah, we're still talking to you all the way from Sweden. Yes. What have we got today, Janina? We will talk about uh, an area that I think we've touched a couple of times on before. Network slicing is the topic <sighs> of the day. Yeah, and we will focus on that today because uh, Paul and I, we're working on other uh, stuff coming out at the moment. We have a lot of stuff coming up next week in our normal job. Paul, what is your normal job? My normal job, I um, uh, I talk with and to and about analysts and the things that Ericsson is doing um, uh, in uh, emerging business and technologies. So all the new stuff that we were coming out with or lots of the new stuff that we're coming out with. Um, what you call what's called analyst relations. Uh, we've actually got some news coming out next week. I'll be talking about on our news podcast, but uh, I can't tell you what that is. So you'll have to tune in there to, to see what I've got to say. Yeah, but don't it, miss but that. It is a, but it is about 5G. So you, if uh, if you're interested in this podcast, don't miss it. Yeah. So Ericsson News Podcast, you can find it on uh, SoundCloud and other platforms as well as Ericsson.com. And uh, yeah. Listen to Paul there next week already. And uh, myself, I am working with social media uh, at Ericsson, just so you know. So I'm uh, I'm uh, head of social media for the area of Ericsson Networks. So if you see some tweets from there, it's probably me behind. So catch at Janina Head on, on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should say that. You can uh, connect with us. We are on Twitter, even though my presence is a little bit uh, fluctuant. Uh, I'm uh, at Janina Hed and, right, uh, yeah. on Twitter. And Paul is? Uh, at Paul Cowling, but with no I in the end. Paul Cowling. Cowling, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we also have an email address that you can email us on. That is, uh, what is it, Paul? <gasps> oh <laughs> gosh, um, uh, it must be the voice of Fiji. <laughs> oh well, they go. Oh then. my God, I've I've repeated it so many times now. We've done what is it, sixty plus episodes with this email address, and you haven't learned it. But... No, I've not. It, I, it's uh, <laughs> I, I'm sitting at home. It's my brain is rotting. It's a five G podcast in one word. Five G podcast at Ericsson c and two s's.com 5g podcast at ericsson.com yeah there you go now, now know. you know how to will, keep will there in be touch a test next week there will be a test next week Paul. <laughs> no i just want i just yeah. want to inject here i just say uh, um i spot a little bit of news okay just mm -hmm. around uh, um uh, talking about 5g and the progress of 5g 
Uh, the first was um, uh, talking about subscriptions and, uh, and, how's, and how 5G is growing. Uh, I saw that um, Korea, the end of last year, Korea had 12 million subscribers on 5G. Uh, I think we talked before that uh, there may be around the world there might be as many as 200 million people on on 5G. Uh, and uh, just recently, Telstra in Australia actually passed the 1 million subscriber mark in in Australia. Uh, and although Australia is very big, the population is not huge. So that's actually quite good progress over there. Yeah. So, that's, so that was my news snippet for today. That was very short news. Yeah. It was. But I know you want to get on to talking about network slicing. Let's go over to network slicing. Yes, today we are talking about network slicing. Network slicing, Paul, we've talked about this before, haven't we? We've mentioned we have. it. Yeah. Have, have another slice of network, Janina. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when we started talking about this? It was, it must have been one of the earliest podcasts. This has been um, a topic for 5G for a long time, right? I don't remember it, to, to be honest, but uh, it's it's kind of one of the fundamental things that people talked about for 5Gs. Uh, and even, I mean, it even the discussion starts with 4G, but the you know 5G conceptually, it's it's all about being able to use the same network to serve different services and different use cases. Um, yeah. And uh, so you want to be able to have a network that 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 is suitable for doing different things. And how do you do that? Well, you you turn it into into multiple virtual networks. That's what. That's what yeah. network slicing is all about, making the network look different depending on what you want to do with it. Yeah. So now we're making a special episode just about network slicing. And we've brought in some of our experts in this area. And also they're going to talk about the latest launch from Ericsson in this area. We have today with us Per Claesson. Hi, Per. Hello. Hello. Nice to be here with you. Nice to have you. Hi, Per. Uh, you are the marketing director who focuses on CSP enterprise opportunities. That sounds very exciting. Uh, and before you start, I also want to introduce AJ. We have AJ, and how do I say that last name of yours? Gautam, is yeah, that correct? Hi, AJ. You are the strategic product manager for 5G Ron Slicing, and we will talk to you a little bit later. You're welcome to the podcast as well. But first, Pad, what is what is network slicing? Yeah, but it is a little bit um, or more, uh, more or less exactly what Paul said. So it's a way to, mm -hmm. to structure <laughs> the network, the 5G network, uh, in into different slices for different purposes. So you can you can uh, I mean, essentially create fit-for-purpose virtual networks uh, that has uh, different uh, characteristics. And they can be uh, different in terms of independence between, between each other as well. So for one certain use case category or for one certain customer, you can create a private uh, 5G network that suits that specific category or, or customer uh, and the need that they have for, for, the, for their services. 
So, uh, and that in that way, you can make use of uh, the shared resources in the networks and create virtual layer on, on top of it, basically. So it's a way to be able to customize and by that also enable new type of offerings, new type of money. And this is, of course, very interesting in the enterprise uh, uh, world or the opportunities for the, for the uh, CSPs for their opportunity possibility to address different enterprise needs. Network slicing is super important and essential. And, and you said that the magic word CSP there, for, and that of course is communication service providers. That's what. Yes, that's absolutely. What, what we in Europe call operators and what in the, the US you might call a carrier. True, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep keeping on the straight and narrow. So that's basically a little bit, I don't know if you want to go a little bit more into detail what it is, but uh, uh, this goes across uh, to, to be, I mean, talking about end-to-end -end network slicing. So this, uh, to be able to do this, you of course need to to address all aspects of the network. Yeah, because so you, you mentioned they're uh, virtualizing, and yes. that is sort of like not physical, right? Yeah, and that, and that is also then possible by by the virtualization and the cloud-based networks that we now are building uh, together mm. with the, with our customers, the the operators or the carriers. Uh, that is actually a, a enabler for this end-to-end -end network slicing to to happen. So then you can distribute the different workloads in the core network in the distributed cloud that is the underlying cloud infrastructure in such a network. So depending on different use cases from the enterprise point of view, the slice can serve them with different latency requirements, compute care requirements and so forth. So the, it's kind of virtual both in the infrastructure and also to create that virtual network of uh, on top of the physical networks, if you put it like that. And this is something that service providers have been wanting to do, perhaps already in 4G, or? Yes, uh, we have uh, the possibility with uh, the, uh, the virtualization of the core network started then with 4G. So it was possible to to do to start experimenting and exploring the, the capabilities uh, in uh, uh, 4G, but not really end to end because there were limited mm -hmm. uh, possibilities to to assign resources in the radio access networks. And uh, yeah. of course, as with everything, this is a type of journey, both from a business point of view and from a technical point of view. So where do we start? What needs to be done first? And how do you get to that nirvana of full automation and dynamic uh, network slicing? And this mm -hmm. is something that we truly have uh, starting to embark now with 5G. Yeah. And when you say end to end, can you quickly describe what is the end to end according to your view? I think uh, we, you could uh, talk about the end-to-end -end in at least two different uh, dimensions. So, so one would be from a service point of view. So, so to be able for the, the operator carrier uh, to make use of uh, network slicing, there needs to be something to offer. That could be a, a specific end-to-end -end service, making use of, a, of an underlying network slice to be able to provide that service. For example, a... Uh, 
towards a manufacturing company, the, the CSP or the, the, the operator could uh, provide a uh, video monitoring type of uh, service for their manufacturing line to ensure that the quality is uh, upholding. <coughs> Mm. To be able to do that, you need to create that service. You mm. need to be able to provision that service. It needs to be possible for the enterprise to order it, to try understand what's happening. So there needs, there needs to be a, a certain level of transparency if the SLA is, uh, is uh, kept uh, and so forth. Oh, SLA. <laughs> the service level agreement so that they, so that they understand. That's what, you, that's what you contract to. So <laughs> yeah, how, exactly. how, how good is it going to be? So, so, you know, you you expect a certain quality of service and this is mm. what you, you can use the network slicing to, to provide. Uh, and, but then if you're a customer, you want to know that you get what you're paying for. And that is also a part of it. What is it that you actually should monetize and how should you do that? Mm. So that's one piece of the end. So, and the other so, is that, yeah, sorry. I was going to say a question though. It, when, when it comes to an operator selling this, you know, yeah. our, our, uh, industries are going to knock on the door at the operator and say, hey, I want a network slice, or our operators are going to offer them, as you say, here's a video surveillance, you know, site surveillance package. You know, sign up for this if you want to install video surveillance around your factory. Uh, you know, are they going to sell the service or are they actually going to sell the slice? I think that depends on on where you what you aspirations you have as an uh, as an operator and also what uh, how what the market where you 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 act look like. Mm. Uh, so it could be either way. And for different uh, industries, different types of enterprises, it, it could be also different. Sometimes you enter a wholesale type of engagement with, for example, an uh, well, to, to, to put it simply, an application development ecosystem where there is someone else that actually fronts the, the enterprises. And sometimes you take that responsibility as an operator yourself, depending on what type of service and, and enterprise. Yep. So it could be either. Okay. The other, just going back to the end-to-end, -end, the other dimension of end-to-end -end is then to be able to provide that quality of service, that uh, guaranteed performance or what have you, it needs to go across all domains within the network. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not enough that you can do it within core or that you can uh, allocate uh, some uh, quality of service parameters in the transport or that you can uh, do, uh, uh, well, do the same with the quality of service parameters in the, in the RON. Uh, you need, or the radio access network, you need to be able to, to, to set a consistent quality of service expectation uh, and delivery you know in 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 across all those domains and and the difference then between let's say quality of service soft uh, settings in the different domains and the network slicing approach is that you can dedicate so much more of the different uh, compute and uh, workload placements decisions in the network slice as, com uh, as opposed to what you can do in the quality of service yeah. So how do you get started with with this route? If it's like very complicated and you have to think about a lot of different things before, how do you, where do you start? Yeah, so I think a little bit going back to Paul's question there with uh, what what, uh, what is it that the the operator should provide and, and uh, uh, what uh, will others do and uh, make use mm -hmm. of the network slice? I think that uh, there, there needs to be business driven. 
Uh, and one way to uh, get uh, along with that or, or, or uh, be concrete what that actually means is for the, the operators to work together with, with their providers, of course, but uh, even more so with their enterprise customers to understand how they can develop beneficial solutions for, for all parties together. We have so many examples of where you where of different uh, lab type of setups of end-to-end uh, -end network slicing, but we don't really have a enterprise customer at the other end. So, so the use cases are maybe uh, uh, something that could be uh, monetized or could be beneficial to the enterprises, but there might also be a little bit uh, hypothetical just for the coolness of the technology. The the most successful way to get forward i believe is when when we work together with the enterprises so one example mm -hmm. for is for mm -hmm. when vodafone now uh, work with the sky to provide uh, a better solution for uh, covering different sports events so there there is an approach for um, the bundesliga to provide better experience for the audience this is post-COVID now, but pre-COVID there was experiments on, on how augmented reality could, uh, could enhance the experience when you were at the stadium. So that you could provide additional information to what is actually happening on, on the court itself, right? And this is demanding bandwidth, it's demanding coverage for that augmented reality to be possible to provide to the audience. And at the same time, they are interested in getting rid of all the cabling for the cameras because cabling costs money. So even if you have cabling to the stadium itself, you also need it to the cameras and you also need it to the buses that transmits the signals from the stadium. What if you could remove all that and just have 5G enabled cameras and, and you could put them anywhere where they're in the stadium because there will be coverage everywhere uh, and you could have dedicated uh, capacity, dedicated latency settings, uh, and dedicated uh, uh, through a dedicated private networks, a dedicated slice to all those cameras. Then all the virtual uh, reality traffic that happens to all the, the smartphones in the audience would not disturb or would not compete with the traffic from the cameras to where the production center is. Mm. And you don't need a local production center in, in the shape of a bus. You can stay wherever you are uh, and use the, the, the feed from the cameras directly. So this is something that Vodafone and Sky are, are looking into uh, and, and have started to experiment uh, around to, to make sure that uh, this could work. And then there is a clear benefit to Sky as an enterprise, to the audience, and also for uh, for the operator to be able to provide value there. Yeah, because that is one of the the key things for uh, having network slicing. That is that uh, you're sort of like and and as you say, the very unsexy service level agreements that you're sort of you're not hogging the bandwidth. You can still have like the normal service going on at the same time while you are having something that is also very very important like the feed to the cameras. Exactly. Uh, and in the same network, right? Or in the same network setup. Exactly. Wow. And that is what we call end-to-end -end then, like with with also, I mean, the, it's the, 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 the core network, which is sort of controlling uh, things uh, or assets. And then it's the 
it's called or orchestration as well. And then yep. it, we have we have also the the radio access network. Yes, to be able to automate that these settings works, to monitor that it provides as it as, as it should, and to be able to monetize it, and as you said, manage or or in the in the kind of runtime environment, uh, manage the traffic through the network. Mm. So all that needs to be in place for for this to take off. But a starting point from another point of view could be that. Well, even if I said that all of this needs to be in place, well, not all everything needs to be super automated and and super fancy, and uh, you need to be able to, to cater for all different types of slices and all different use cases at once. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe that's not the smartest way to go about. So start with uh, a few enterprises, uh, start with uh, something that is uh, fairly, let's say, static in in its nature and then grow from there scale it from there and uh, and as uh, the uh, automation orchestration capability evolves and as the demand is, is generated through through those good examples of what it can be used for i think the most one of the most important things to to think about here is of course how to monetize this so when you start uh, with these examples that you that there is a clear ambition on how to what to make money out of so so avoiding getting into this uh, you know bucket type of thinking but more going towards a a, a value providing consumption based type of of uh, charging for these different uh, values that the network slicing enables mm, yeah and that brings us over to our little side subject in this area uh the the functionality that was that we just launched a couple of weeks ago aj then ron slicing what is that yeah hi uh so i'll not call it a side subject probably it is a more uh, integrated <laughs> <with that. laughs> because you heard like i think uh, all of us has spoken end-to-end -end couple of times so this is a yeah. true end-to-end -end service and End-to-end -end can be achieved when you are building it across all the domain, what we call a core network, transport and radio domain, what we call a RAN. So RAN slicing completes the end-to-end -end loop. Without RAN slicing, it is not an end-to-end -end anyway. And also mm. the other part is because you can scale in your other domain, whether it's a core network or transport domain, you can scale the asset. But RAN has a finite asset. It has a very limited spectrum. And those are very expensive assets. So operator need to use those assets in a most efficient way. They need to share it in a perfect way to monetize the asset in a most uh, efficient way. Yeah. Can and you that just is a quickly take a step back? So when we talk, when you talk about RAN now, what are you talking about actually in the network? Uh, radio access network. What is it? Radio People access. can see it, right? Yeah, so it is. It is that. Uh, it is a. It's a, so. There's a two component. One is that from your phone, what you have with the ha in your hand, the smartphone, uh, to the the site or the tower that that people see on a on a far away distance. So that is a kind. Uh, it's a or the air, what we call a UE to the tower connection. So that is a mm. part of the run. And then yeah. the tower itself has a has plays a big role in the run run network where we put our base station who control all the all the phone around its uh, it around its place. So that's the last mile access where operator provide the services over the air. And that is where the run plays important part. So radio access network or what we call a run. And 
what I was some uh, um, uh, I, I was trying to say that uh, because run is a has a finite asset, so then operator need to share the run resources in the best possible way. So Ericsson launched the run slicing 5G 5, 5G run slicing, where we are offering that we can share the resources at a millisecond level. And millisecond is you know that it is like a, <laughs> there are thousands of millisecond in in a second. So it is very very uh, small granularity. And in this way, with, with the 5G run functionality, operator can virtually partition their asset into different partition and share the resources across those partition on a dynamic basis. It means it is not static, so you can use other resources if they're free, but if but the partition policies are applied at the time of congestion. So these are the policies which makes the use of the run asset in a most promising way and why it is important. One, I already said that it is because it is a, uh, it's a finite resources. And the second point is that kind of resources provide the differentiation. So the end user, when I pick up my smartphone in uh, in my hand, and if I want to launch a service, I expect as some sort of a different differentiation based on the payment I made towards my subscribers, and it can be a gold subscription, or it can be a, uh, or a silver or bronze. Same way. Operator can launch a gold, silver, or brown slice. For example, any service can use those gold, gold, silver slices. So it is open for all the services, and the operator can monetize the gold slice by extra five dollar. And that kind of a differentiation possibility comes from end to end. And end to end, the the slicing is actually in the standard is defined in the 5G, where we can tie the slice across all domain, transport, core, and run by a slice ID. And that slice ID. So, so uh, you can imagine that there's a one continuous slice with the same slice ID across all the domain. And you heard from part that uh, the SLA is word. SLA is a key, is a fundamental, is like a building block to that how how operator will offer the slicing towards the end user. Mm-hmm. And these SLAs need to be met in all domain, in the RAN, in transport, and core. And then the slice ID helps to monitor that operator is meeting those SLAs in run by checking the KPIs of that particular slice. So if I am paying $5 extra for my gold slice, I would like to see that, oh, or, or what are my KPIs in run? And I can see, oh, run is okay, but how my transport is behaving for this particular slice or how it is going in the, in the core. So right ah. from application to core, to transport, to run to, the, to, to my handset, now you have a possibility to uh, stitch together a service and that to orchestrate the service. It's not only stitching. You can, by pressing of the buttons, you can orchestrate a new service in a matter of minutes. And that's the power of 5G slicing. Which yeah. is a run is a component. Yeah, because this one, uh, this is sort of like the last building block of this uh, functionality and you need 5G for it, right? We need 5G for it for sure because Slicing is defined technically in 5G itself because you cannot mm. have a, this end-to-end connectivity in 4G. And that is why the industry is so enthusiastic and now they are excited that now the time has come when the slicing will be deployed because now we can have a truly great end-to-end service. We can orchestrate the end-to-end service. We can mm. monitor the end-to-end service by all the KPIs. So that's bring together that how we are we are we, now how the operators are at a, at a stage where they can use the capabilities and launch the new use cases yeah 
and talking about use cases, where do you see this as a, like a good uh, use case for, for this with including then uh, the radio access network as well? Where do you see it taking off? Oh, one of my close friend in on on the operator segments. I have not named him, but uh, when I when I asked him like 2019, what is the slicing use case you would like to use first? And he said remote heart surgery. Probably he was joking. So we should not just start with the complex use cases. We should start with the simple use cases where we can deploy the service level agreement as on today and whole network has a capability to fulfill those simple use cases as on today. When we talk about slicing towards uh, or the CSPs or, or carrier operators, they want to launch a new service to generate a new new um, new revenue. They want to launch a new service with a lower OPEX or a operating cost. So that uh, so I think the 5G run slicings bring together because now we can provide the isolation. So with with the with the with the slicing, or we can provide isolation towards a particular segment or a mobile broadband, and and start generating new revenue by this isolation or the partition or what I told, and this can be deployed by orchestration. So the operator can get an opportunity to use this uh, uh, this kind of a package that comes from the core transport and run to offer new services, and we see that there's a lot of uh, I think you 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 heard about that like a uplink video. And it can be a. It is one of the very hot use cases. Other hot use cases I see about the cloud gaming or AR VR, and then it's a uh, uh, edge breakout. So edge breakout is a kind of a service. What I think is like a probably first wave of the slicing use case. Uh, uh, what I call it. So in the first wave of the, of the slicing use case, I will call it edge breakout, cloud gaming, AR VR, and all this requires functionality end to end. And I don't think that there is any domain is more important. Every domain right from the supporting uh, support of slicing in the handset up to the appropriate application behind the core. So all this is a truly providing a service which will start generating the additional revenue for the operators. OK, so it's uh, like Pat said, it's more about finding a good uh, partnership with an enterprise and see what what the specific requirements are and working across uh, the the companies here uh, to to satisfy all everyone from uh, users of course of the service to the enterprise uh, which uh, has the service to the service provider or operators who is then selling the service and then also us building the network so this sure. is a yeah, quite a lot of of people who who <laughs> and, align across this. Yeah, and I think and here actually the the true five G advantage comes with because now we uh, you saw that that it is so many things are involved, but we can orchestrate with the with the matter of uh, uh, the the minutes, and mm -hmm. that provides a true the benefit. And it's not that okay that uh, I think I don't see that it is far away because some operators had launched the 5G or like a end to end slice in, in the commercial network. There are also so many other operators that we talk across the globe who are in a process in that. So they are talking on an everyday basis that how do I meet this challenge? How do I met? Um, uh, how do I overcome those other challenge? There has been challenge, but I think now I feel more confident that we have overcome that threshold. Now the hockey stick has started to to go high, so ah. it, it is a time where the slicing use cases are now exploding. Probably in terms of hundreds or thousands of use cases are being discussed with the, in the operator domain um, or with us on an everyday basis. Mm, that sounds it's fantastic. An exciting, exciting yeah. time. 
Yeah. So when when we talked about we we talked to Erilis Verko. So public safety. Safety. Yeah. yeah. Public safety. Pu- yeah. It's I, a public I, I, safety. Uh, authority. Yeah. Thank you. In, <laughs> thank you, Paul. In, in uh, Finland. Finland. Yeah, a couple of episodes ago. Well, and uh, they are using. Uh, they are. They are. Of course, they are still on on a 4G network. They are not even uh, going into 5G yet. So I guess this is not not yet for them. But they are using a sort of a, a blend uh, of uh, of uh, having their own core network while uh, using uh, part of Elisa. The, the op- Finnish operators networks and can we call this a dedicated network uh, pad what is the difference between having a private network and a dedicated network and uh, network slicing please explain I think uh, you could uh, you could think about them as uh, as the same thing being deployed a little bit differently depending on on the prerequisites and and conditions and uh, and requirements. So it is possible, uh, not without going in into the Erilis uh, Verkot and and Lisa setup, but uh, there are there is a possibility to build a completely standalone, isolated uh, 4G or 5G network for for example for a mine. A mining type of uh, production or or a manufacturing type of production site. There could be different reasons for that. Could be coverage. It could be reliant now being dependent on 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 having a, a low latency type of requirement. So they need to have a, a core network close to where the the applications are used and mm. and the uh, traffic is consumed. So that could be where one approach to it. But you could also think about it that public network can be sliced into private networks. So those virtual 5G private networks is could could do the same thing where you have everything in place to, to actually achieve that. So instead of having it isolated and separated, it would be possible to, to use the public network for the same purpose. I would say that different deployment scenarios depending on what it is you want to achieve and also a little bit of a timeline thingy. So how mature is the operator, the carrier to provide a network slicing today compared to to an isolated uh, standalone network? Maybe the starting point is to go with standalone and then you migrate to a public network uh, over time. Did that make sense? Do you understand the did you understand what I was was uh, trying to say? Yeah, I guess it's uh, it's it's <laughs> then it's more about uh, well to for for the operators to see how how mature they are and with their offering. I mean, a lot of services can of course be done in uh, on a on a, another G, I suppose, or already now. But yeah, no, I, I suppose think it's. Yeah, sorry. I think you could also mm-hmm. say that there's a little bit of a feasibility aspect to it. Mm-hmm. So, so it might not be feasible for everything to use the public network. For example, mm-hmm. mining. Then you need to extend your public network into sites <laughs> that that, that yeah. is a little to bit underground. Advanced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that might not be, I mean, uh, f- financially or economical to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in others, you might want to do that, uh, and even it could be beneficial in the long run for, for example, for a manufacturing site to actually blend 
the uh, the network with the public the, the private network on site uh, for the low latency requirements etc with a uh, still having your your own uh, dedicated networks for but more for mobile broadband purposes no. so you can have two different types of slices associated to the same uh, company so that the logistics part of that company can make use of the mobile broadband for example features uh, while the the um, manufacturing site within the same company can have a little bit more of a low latency uh, requirements fulfilled through the public yeah. network where it's True. more of more important that it's not being yeah, interfered. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and and I can add here, but that I I don't think so. That we should probably uh, like um, I don't think it's like a, what matter should be first and what should be the second. I think it is more depends on the uh, on the use that and the feasibility. And in some cases, it makes sense to use a public network slice for a virtual private network at the site because in this way, it's a low in mm. low risk investment. And in some cases, it can be other way around. So I think, yeah. and 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 true and, and the and the good part is that network is now ready with the both the option. So it is truly mm. that we are providing toolkit where all options are available. So that's kind. Of, it's a good thing. So operator can choose, or the enterprise can choose, or see, or the, or the end party can choose that how it fits their needs. So that's like a. It's a benefit of the five of the five G slicing. It provides a lot of options to to meet most of the use case what we see today, and most of the use case what we will see probably tomorrow or day after tomorrow. Yeah. So for for example, if I give an example, uh, like uh, what we call a campus, a campus uh, network in the city, for instance, this is a university uh, that is that it's it's like fairly good co coverage in the city here in this area. But this uh, this campus, they are doing some testing. They are testing robotics in this campus. They're going to put up a I don't know, a test manufacturing line or something like that. Then you could either put up like, okay, let's put up a network especially for this one. But then of course, well, what if there is all of a sudden another part of the campus wanting something else? Then you have to put up a network there as well, another private network, right? And yeah. instead here, you could possibly say, okay, this is an area with fairly good coverage. How about instead we use two slices for these two uh, projects, right? True. <laughs> it, it makes sense. No, Super uh, simple. Now you have engineered the whole whole network journey up. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> But I, uh, but I think uh, no, it, it is good. I, I think it is, uh, it is quite close. So uh, in the campus, you can have a different needs. Some needs are like, as you said, that uh, like uh, some sort of um, the robotic uh, investigation or, or maybe the, in the campus. So they are doing some super advanced technology and then and they were, or the research and, and they want to secure their uh, like those kind of a data. So the slicing can, as you heard from Par, it can offer a Many mix of the or like a combination of the uh, of the deployment uh, or method. Either it can be by a public or by standalone, or a mix of the public and standalone, or a mix of a public plus edge breakout. So maybe for the lower latency for the robotic use case, what you talked uh, uh, just now. So there is a all possible combinations are are available. Well, sounds quite simple. 
Why don't we start tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. We Let's can. Get going. <laughs> now we can. Yes, now we can. And I think we are doing it. I, I, I think we are not. We're not for, because, as I said, it is already deployed, and it, there are many operators are, uh, are in a trial phase. And I think um, yeah, it it is it is happening, and it it is what. Uh, so I think it is it is happening now. Thank you, Pat and AJ, for joining the podcast and talking to us about network slicing. Thank you. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for thank listening. <laughs> and bye. Thank you. Bye. Yay. Bye. <laughs>